new on Curiosity Stream. Get ready for the best of the best with our 100 Days of Curiosity, featuring fan-favorite titles like Light on Earth with Sir David Attenborough. Join me on a journey like no other. Stephen Hawking's favorite places. It's a crazy world out there. The history of home with Nick Offerman. Not my home, just homes. Other people's homes. And many more. Don't miss 100 Days of Curiosity, happening right now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Welcome to Speak Free with Maddie G, the podcast that celebrates free speech, truth, and open discussion. Hi, and welcome to Speak Free with Maddie G, episode 10. And uh, my guest today is my good friend, Tom Hunter. How are you, brother? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, but I do have to give a little uh, a little rundown uh, for, for the viewers. They are, if they're thinking... Uh, episode 10, man, that was meant to be last week and it was meant to be a different guest. You are correct. Uh, you're not wrong. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, some things happen. I won't get into it too much, um, but couldn't air it. That's okay. Uh, but I thought we'll just keep the episode number the same so it doesn't look shit on Spotify and, and YouTube and whatnot. So it keeps everything in order. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to cover some serious topics. Um, some things that are close to you, um, close to your heart, which is uh, autism, mental health, um, and uh, Aboriginal injustice. And we're going to talk about music and how that's impacted on both of those issues, right? 100%. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Um, so first, let's talk about... Now, this is something I didn't know about you until we are talking, planning this, this podcast. Um, but let's talk a bit about autism and how that's impacted you in your life. Yeah. So um, for a lot of people in my life... Um, even my close friends, a lot of them aren't aware of um, my diagnosis. And um, I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome when I was um, seven years old, back in 2007, uh, which was a very different time for the ASD world. Um, as, as the years are going on, people are starting to understand it more and more. But yeah. for myself, young, being young, a lot of people didn't get it. And um, it was a very, very challenging time because for, for my parents especially, they were told that I would end up depressed, I would end up suicidal, I'd have no friends, I would never live a normal life, I'd never move out of home. And all those stigmas stuck with me for a long time. And um, my, my parents always tackled it the best way they could. Like, shout out to my mum. My mum did absolutely amazing. She always made me feel unique. But unfortunately, a lot of other people didn't quite understand it. Yeah. And um, throughout, throughout life, having like, been born with no social skills, so I'll elaborate on Asperger's Syndrome. One of the main things about it is you're, you're born with no social skills. So for most people out there, that's just something that clicks in your brain one day. But for me, it didn't, unfortunately. And I, I would get to points where I'd feel like I was like a stone statue when I was talking to people and I would want to communicate. I'd want to ask them to do things. I want to do all the normal kid stuff, but yeah. I couldn't move. And um, that was very challenging. It was something that I had to go through, something that I'm happy that I have overcome, something that clearly um, I'm doing well with. Like one thing that is a major part of autism is eye contact, but I'm keeping eye contact with yeah. you right now, which, yeah. is, which is really, really cool. And um, yeah, it's just growing up with that, it was, it was definitely a culture shock for me because knowing that you're a little bit different to other people is uh, it's quite an interesting thing to take on with you. And um, it's just, it's something that I'm so proud of today, but something I wasn't before and i think it's very important for anyone who knows me or anyone who's a fan of your podcast to to know that to know that asd is something that people should be proud of something that they should wear like a badge of honor like and it's something that 
I'll keep talking about and something I'll stay confident about for a very, very long time. Yeah. Now that's uh, super interesting. So my cousin actually um, has as uh, the correct pronunciation Asperger's. Is it? Uh, you can say Asperger's. Asperger's. It's, it's funny. Asperger's. It's however you want to say it. Um, but yeah, so he was diagnosed with that as well. Um, and there was a lot of, um, I guess, misunderstanding when we were growing up as kids because we're the same age, me and yeah. him. And um, it would, like, there were a lot of fights and shit at, like, family gathers and whatnot. Um, but that's what I was really keen on when you told me that, um, just to create a bit of a better understanding and probably give me a bit of a better understanding of, yeah, um, sure. of you know, what what he was going through as well at the, the – you know, we get along great now. Yeah. Um, but as kids and that growing up, yeah, there was oh, always you gotta, like you gotta give yourself a bit of credit because when you're young, you you don't get it. Unfortunately, like, yeah. Like an adult has a full mind and they can comprehend things, but unfortunately for a lot of children, it's hard to understand something like that. And, and like I said before, like it's getting better and better every day. But for when we were younger, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. Not at all. And that's what I was gonna yeah ask you about. Like, how did you find school and that? Um, in terms of, you know, making friends, keeping friends, um, which, you know, is a hard thing to do yeah, anyway, yeah, 100%. um, especially growing up as a kid. Um, but yeah, how did you find, you know, schooling life? I, I, guess? I, I love that question a lot because that is, um, something that was definitely a big impact. Um, growing up, obviously you want to socialize and you want to be friends with people, but I was terrified of that. Like I would be scared to knock at a friend's door just to hang out, even if I was friends with them. And, um, luckily for a lot of the kids I was friends with early in school because I went to private school for a little while because that was better for me and they were able to cater to my needs and a lot of parents knew about my situation so they would pretty much make their kids be friends with me and like a small percentage of them have stayed friends with me since but yeah going through school was really really difficult because no one understood it I was I was bullied very hard for it like I, I had no self-esteem I felt very 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 different and um it's, it was horrible. Like, if I'm being real with you, it was horrible. And um, I, I hope that every single person of ASD out there today is not going through the same things because it's um, being singled out and you feel like the whole world's watching you even when they're not. And it's like the spotlight's on you, but it's not for a good reason. And it was, it was so difficult. But I also had quite a fair few people in my life from other schools or like in other situations or the mission that I grew up in for a little while who were so accepting and so loving and so protective and just wanted the best for me. And um, probably the main thing when it came to socializing with friends in primary school was that I used them to learn. Like I would observe, I'd watch how they talk to each other. I would yeah. watch how they would like do these things, like how they would like guys would talk to girls or girls would talk to guys or vice versa. And I would copy that and I would like jot it down and I was like I was studying the people around me because it was just like so out of this world to me it's almost like if someone studies medicine and they've never been interested in medicine that was what it was like for me when it was just trying to make friends and going through that it's it's such a crazy thing to look back on because like in the person I am today I'm able to communicate and I'm able to do all these things but I wasn't able to do before, but I'm grateful for the kids that actually did give me a shot and unfortunately it was only a small amount but they did, which was really cool. But then getting on to high school, high school was a whole different situation. Like I, I met this guy named Mitchell and um, he changed my life and he gave me a shot. He was a really popular dude in school. He just thought he was a nice dude. And I had the blessing of moving to Windsor and Sydney from the country in 2013. And I had a fresh start. So no one knew who I was. Yeah. And um, I got to kind of reimagine my character, which was really cool. And I didn't tell a lot of people for a couple of years that I had autism, but him giving me that shot, I then got to have those normal social experiences, but 
it was still hard for me. Like I, I had to push myself and I had to get myself out of the box. And there was even points where like I would go home early from school because I was just so overwhelmed by like playing footy with my friends. Like yeah. it, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. No, that's um, yeah, super interesting. I didn't even know you didn't grow up here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you moved here when you were what thirteen, so start of high school. Yeah, was yeah, that, yeah. So I'm, I'm from a. I was born in Sydney. I was born in Westmead Hospital, and my parents lived in Cambridge Park, I think. And then we moved up to a place called Missabody, which is in the middle of nowhere. It was this awesome farm, and then eventually I moved to a country town called Barrabool, which I'll be talking a little bit more about later in the podcast. And um, that opened my eyes to all the things because going from the country to the suburbs, like it's a completely whole different dynamic. Like you go from the people that are 10 years behind to the people that are 10 years ahead. Yeah. And um, I'm very grateful though. Like the move couldn't have come at a better time because coming into high school, that's when you need that change. That's when you start wanting yeah. to do things. And it, it was probably the biggest blessing of my life. And at the time I didn't realize it was. Yeah. No, that's uh yeah. Um, I guess another thing I wanted to ask you about, just to not just for me, but for anyone watching as well. Um, now, autism is obviously a huge; it's a huge spectrum, oh, right? Okay. So there's like a lot of different types um, of autism. Um, where does Asperger's fit along the spectrum in terms of? So, if you imagine autism like a rainbow, so let's say the rainbow starts here, it goes over there. And there's layers to that rainbow, a bunch of colors. That's why, like, a lot of the times they talk about, like, saying rainbows when it comes to autism, because that's a really good way to explain the spectrum. Having, like, the color on the bottom being a low end, and then the color on the top being a high end, and then the same goes for how far along it is there. So, if let's say there's a rainbow here, my syndrome would be around here. So, I, I'm a high functioning autistic person with no social skills. So, basically, I was born as an overthinker. So I know that might sound a bit silly because a lot of people are like, oh, I overthink da, 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 da. But for my life, like I overthink everything constantly. Like I, I don't, it takes me about an hour and a half to get to sleep because of all my thoughts going through my mind. And I will, in relationships, I'll overthink little things people say to me. And it's, it's debilitating at times. And unfortunately I am quite high functioning as you can see, and I'm able to do normal things. But for a lot of times when you're on that lower end of spectrum and you're low functioning, you aren't able to do those sort of things. And yeah, I'm glad that you know that, yeah, autism is a spectrum. Like it's, yeah. it's not just, um, it's not just one label that can just carry it all. Like autism is such a big world and it's so interesting and you could spend hours, even years delving into the differences and the tiny little bits and like the nonverbal side and the, the high functioning, the low functioning. And another thing too, I was actually a nonverbal child up until... I think I was about two, three years old and um, I, I can't remember now, but I used to be versed in sign language and it was because of my extreme social anxieties that I couldn't even talk to my mum, the person that you love the most and it broke her heart. But luckily she pushed, she pushed and she wanted the best for me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I guess with, uh, in terms of mental health, um, it, like I haven't obviously studied this that much. Um, so that's why I'm, you know, leaving it up to you to sort of educate me. Um, but is there a connection between autism and, say, depression, anxiety? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, when, it, when it comes to Asperger's specifically, like, one of the best ways that you could open your eyes to how it is for that person is if you have a friend that has crippling, like, anxiety that can actually, like, take control of their life and 
remove them out of situations like that is a very very similar like outcome to how it is with autism like from my own experience and as you said it's a spectrum everyone has a different experience from it but i'm happy to talk about mine today and yeah it was it's anxiety and autism i think come hand in hand and then living with autism and how people can react to your autism in the background can then lead to points of depression like i i don't think that for me personally i would ever say i had clinical depression but i definitely had depressive states growing up that like I really thought that oh man i don't want to do this anymore like i just i can't handle it life's too hard like but yeah that's really that's a really good question man like thank you for asking that yeah well that's what i was just thinking i was thinking you know if you you know growing up is hard enough um i mean especially with mental health i mean in this country like one in four will struggle with some sort of mental yeah. uh health issue in their life um nine people commit suicide every day um you know, another, I think it's another 175 attempt suicide every day, um, which is fucking crazy. Crazy. When you, when you hear those numbers and you really think about it, it's devastating. To yeah. Hear, it's devastating. And, you know, there's, you know, I'm all for, you know, these charities and that um, for mental health. And <clears throat> I'm all for people talking about it and that I'm a big advocate for that. Um, but simply saying to someone, oh, well, there's free help available and whatnot. It's like... Well, yeah, there's also a fucking, you know, 18-day waiting list. 100%. You know, and, 100%. There's a, and in that time, that's a fucking huge amount of time when you're feeling like, you know. Every, every second counts of, when it comes to mental health. Yeah. Every second. Like, your support network around you is so important. Like, that doesn't mean your family body. It doesn't mean just your friends. It's and just those people around you. What I have really, and I've really noticed this in the past sort of year, maybe two years, um, this real... Uh, emphasis on therapy and it's coming from celebrities or wealthy people mm. who will talk about like oh, therapy is so like you know it's helped me so much and people everyone should go and get therapy and it's like man that isn't a reality for most people out there yeah, because it's uh, so expensive money, money comes yeah like it's it's a big play in the game you know what i mean like and unfortunately it's very expensive to help your mental health and like there's the ndis and like ndis is a fantastic idea but in my opinion, it's executed horribly because it's too hard to get a hold of a lot of these things that are available because yeah. you need to talk to this guy, this guy, this exactly. guy, and this guy. So many hoops to jump through. 100%. But then by the time you make it to the end, it may be too late a lot yeah. of the time. And this country, I mean, this country is notorious. I love Australia, don't get me wrong, but this country is notorious for being so fucking overregulated. Oh, yeah. And you have to jump through so many hoops to just get anything, you know. Like you need I mean? to know the right people and that's yeah. how you can get help, not, yeah. not if you need it. You know, and there's really there's really good people out there who can't get help. Um, and then there's also real shitty people who are on welfare and, you know. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And who are cheating the system deliberately. And, uh, and I mean, it's so obvious to s someone walking down the street next to them, but it's not obvious to the government, like... Uh, but we won't get too much into that. But really, what I um, wanted to sort of touch on relating that back to autism is, uh, is there like a lot of costs involved with, um, I suppose, you know, it depends on what type of autism you have and what's needed and the, the care that's needed and uh, whatnot. But, but for you personally, was there, you know, medication involved? Was there... So for my, for my own personal experience, I, um, my, my mum... And my father, like, not that they're against medication, not at all. Like, medication can be really, really good at times, but they always wanted to find out if there was another way. And they always pushed for another way. They always, like, like one of the things my mum did growing up, which I think is so interesting now, is, like, when I was at school, let's say people would bump into me accidentally. 
as an autistic person, I would think that they are trying to hurt me and they're attacking me. Yeah. But what mum and dad would do is that when I was at home, they'd accidentally bump into me and be like, oh, no, sorry, Tom, I didn't do that. And they'd explain it like in detail and like sarcasm. I didn't understand sarcasm until I was like 13 years old. But my mum and dad would sit there and be sarcastic and mess with me all the time. But then they'd break it down and be like, hey, this is exactly what we meant by that. And yeah, medication, again, is it can be a great thing. But for my own life, I, I got to do it without it but then i have another younger brother who is um odd and os um pos who basically he's on the spectrum but it's undetermined whereabouts he could be and he ended up being on medication and ended up helping him a lot but yeah there's a lot of costs when it comes to like pediatricians and therapies and all that kind of stuff and stuff like sensory gyms are fantastic for autism and unfortunately a lot of those avenues weren't available back when i was younger and if they were they were very hard to find and they yeah. weren't they weren't where i lived it seems like something that's really just sort of uh i guess become more accepted and, mm. and um in probably the last I, i'd say three years yeah 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 it's very, it's very recent, recent yeah um and how they have like quiet shopping hour and things like that i think, and and I think that's an amazing thing yeah big up Woolworths for that big up yeah so they have that and um i think there was even i think i can't remember the name of it but i worked at, at reading cinemas at rouse hill oh. And I think there was a session like once every two weeks or so or once every week. Down a little bit. Volume was down yeah. a bit and uh, I think some lights stayed on. Yeah, um, that's cool. That's and that, cool. and it was like a, yeah, for a sensory sort of... Because uh, especially with um, years of autism, like obviously I have long hair now, but when I was younger, I couldn't get haircuts because like the scissors being near my ears was too overly sensory and it would like, I, I can't even explain the feeling. It's almost like you've just been thrown all of this stuff is like imagine being an adult and like yeah mortgage payments for you da, 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 and you can't afford it that's the overwhelming feeling that you'd have just when someone was getting too close to you so having, yeah having those options at like the cinemas and Woolworths I think is an amazing thing that they're doing now 100% yeah now that's cool um we'll go into a bit of about music before we get into our other topic um and I guess sort of so when did you start like you play guitar we've got yeah it's on the shot but um but um you got your t guitar here um so when did you start getting into music and so i i've always been a huge fan of music um my my mum collected vinyl growing up and my dad was a huge rap fan like he would pump tupac he pump mwa biggie all the like lauren hill the fugees but then on the other spectrum my mum would be pumping like guns and roses red hot chili peppers midnight oil and yeah i was just around so much music growing up and then because I didn't have too many social experiences and I didn't hang out with my friends as much as like another kid did, I would spend a lot of time alone in my room listening to music and yeah. I'd be like pirating it and all that kind of stuff. And it became a moment of solace. Like it was like everything going on in my life, even if it was simple things I wasn't handling, I could sit there and listen to my music and it would calm me. And it was one of the only avenues that I could take. And then as I got older, I got to the point where I started playing music and then that became an even better avenue for me because yeah. when you play, like it's an awesome feeling. And now like I'm 21 years old and I'm like, I'm at the point where I'm starting to make my own music. Like I was talking to you before about it. Like I, I got an EP in the works, which is really, really cool. Yeah. We're in the demo process now. Yeah, my producer, cool. Kid Kel, shout out Kid Kel. Um, and it's really, really cool because now I have that avenue that I can now show people and be like, Hey, like this is what makes me feel good. I hope that I can make you feel good. Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's um yeah that's what i was uh curious about like it yeah i guess it was like 
therapeutic for you mm. in a way, wasn't it? It was almost like I was like doing music therapy to myself. Like I know yeah. that that's, that's something out there today, which is really, really cool. And something I, I love to do more research into because like music can be such an amazing thing. Like regardless of uh, autism, like any kind of mental health, even just someone who's having a hard time. Like if you just sit there and listen to some music, like some Frank Ocean, some Tame, you know what I mean? Like you can just forget all the crap going on around in the world and just take a moment just to enjoy beautiful sound. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I write, uh, a lot of poetry and that I write songs too. Oh, and that's, and that's um, just creativity, man. Yeah. I can't sing. Um, I can't write music itself. I, I just write lyrics, but, um, but yeah, it's so therapeutic for me. So therapeutic. And it's like, if I'm feeling something, especially like I write my best songs probably when I'm at my lowest, you know? Oh like yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Like pain is definitely like it's just crazy for creativity. Like that's, something just, I, that's something I've learned recently. Like I, I used to hate being sad, but now when I'm upset, I'll, I'll message my, my guys and be like, look, I, I got to make some music. I got to get my guitar out. Like I got to turn this into something. There's no point in sitting and wallowing in it when you could actually make something out of it and be like, you know what? I've made it through that point in my life and now I have something to show for it at yeah. the same time. And the same thing with poetry, any, any kind of creative process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even with my acting as well, like, if I'm going through some shit, I can really channel that into oh, yeah. into a character and um, and really pump it, you know. Especially if it's like an upbeat sort of thing, like we'll show you. I love your tattoos, by the way. I absolutely love them. Um, I need more, actually. Fuck. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just like any creative sort of outlet for me. Um, even this podcast oh, yeah, is like sure. you know, it's just so so beneficial it's um, so against the whole nine to five to wear a suit to work kind of stigma like it, that's just robotic exactly man. It's yeah. just, it's, like i have some a, people, it's not that yeah i have a nine to five job and i just it's never been a long-term vision in my head like it's just not like and people will be like well what's your plan and it's like well, my plan is to make it like <laughs> but your plan is to be like, happy but, with what you do. But what's like, your real plan? It's like, no, that's my fucking plan. Like, that's my fucking, like, I don't have a plan B. If people with a plan B, I feel, especially like if they really want to, and it's cool to do creative stuff as a hobby and whatnot and not want to make it, that's fucking yeah, fine. Like, you know, never, you should never stop enjoying what you do. Um, but for me, it's like, like if I don't think I'm, going to win a fucking Oscar. What's the point? You know, like, I'm saying, you got to believe in yourself. Like, yeah. Or if I don't think I'm going to go global with this podcast, like I just think that continually. And like, that's why I really like, there's no point dipping you know, your toes into the pool. You might as well jump in. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, yeah. I see sort of, uh, my sort of view on, on creativity anyway. Um, but I guess with you, um, so do you think like relating it back to, to autism, um, at what point did sort of music make a real big positive change in, in the, in that sort of sphere? Yeah. That's, I feel like it was probably around maybe 15, 16 when I first started playing my guitar. Um, I, I failed music for the first two years of high school. I got like an E or a D, like I did horrible like, to the point where like my teachers wouldn't even want me to turn up because I just wasn't applying myself. And another thing with autism, like, especially with Asperger's syndrome, it's all about fixation. Like you have a bunch of things that you'll fixate on and that's where all your energy goes. You can give 200% to that, but you don't, don't give the rest to it. Like, like Elon Musk, uh, he's actually Asperger's syndrome. So yes. he's, a, he's a perfect example of to the extreme point where like he loves space. So he's doing the SpaceX stuff. He loves being like clean and eco. So he does the Tesla stuff. He wanted people to be safe with their bank accounts. So he did the PayPal stuff fixation and for me i fixated 
on music for a, such a long time, but I never realized I could tackle an instrument. And it was in 2015 where I, I was supposed to go on a camp and um, one thing led to another and I wasn't able to go. And my mum ended up getting a refund. And with that money, she bought me a guitar. And then I just came to it like a fish to water. And it went from me going from an E and failing music to no needed to be there to I got 100% and an A and I was getting invited to different sort of things. I ended up getting pumped up a year ahead as well, just so I could do better like stuff with my music. And it just, the ball just kept on rolling. And that's when I realized that with my autism, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was disabling me. It was something that was actually helping me because I never would have been able to pick up my guitar the way I could have if I wasn't fixating on it yeah. as hard as I was because it was I was putting 400% into it even when I didn't realize I was. And I, I ended up excelling, which is really, really cool. And like I'm not saying I'm the best guitarist. I'm no Hendrix, but like it's it's been an amazing avenue for me and I've been able to go out and make my own music now, which is something I'm very, very proud of. Yeah. Do you write, do you write song, like, do you write lyrics as well? Like, do you? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. We're, 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 we're sharpening up our skills at the moment. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. I might send you some shit. See if yeah, you put your do. voice to it. Please do. Please um, do. But yeah, I'm fucking tone deaf. I can't I'm sing. looking for collaborators. <laughs> a anyone who's watching the podcast, if you are interested in making music, hit me up. I, I want to work with everyone. I want to work with I would them. happily collab with you. Let's, I would love that. Let's that go win a Grammy. <laughs> 100% <laughs> right. Maddie G and Tommy H at yeah. the Grammys. And then we'll write a musical and we'll win a fucking Tony as well. Yeah, we'll become EGOTs, yeah. man. We'll get the Emmy as well. And, oh, what, what's the other one? The, yeah. uh, so the Emmy, Oscar. Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, what do we do for TV? Maybe speak for Maddie G. Live. Yeah, that'd be mad. That'd be mad. Just get a live audience. <laughs> that would actually, that that's probably my dream of where to take this, I reckon. If I could, uh, yeah, turn it into, you know, get a Netflix deal or some shit. Yeah, that'd be really cool, man. That'd be cool. Have like... Just keep, keep going your vision. Yeah. Jump in the pool, you know what I mean? No plan Bs. No yeah, plan Bs. That's it. Yeah. Fuck a plan B. Plan fuck B. A, fuck a plan B. Plan Bs are fallback. It's, and you don't need a fallback. Except you when you're drinking, yourself. always have a plan B. Yeah. But when it comes to career, <laughs> fuck a plan B. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely need a plan B. I've yeah made a few <laughs> mistakes there, um, but uh, so we'll jump into um, I guess talking about Aboriginal injustice and um, and I I was actually very keen to talk about this because um, I guess you know you know the only way to grow is to admit your faults in the past and and I think growing up. Um, no shit on, you know, my parents or whatever. Um, but growing up in, you know, an all white family and being surrounded by all white people, um, it took me probably to, um, I had some good friends who were pretty strong in their views on, uh, their own indigenous heritage and, uh, you know, whether it be Australia day or, uh, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and I guess it did just change my opinion a bit, um, you know, pretty much 180 my opinion on um, on a lot of issues that, that are talked about a lot. Um, I do still hold some of the same views, um, but we'll get into that. But anyway, you talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, th thank you. So, uh, so I, I'm really excited to, well, I, I, excited is probably not the best word. I'm, I'm happy that I'm able to, use a platform like this to talk about this because this, this is something that a lot of people even like I, I i specifically we were talking about this before we were recording and i didn't actually want to tell matt anything i was about to say but i'm so the country town i'm from is called barraville shower barraville and um there that's an amazing place 
But unfortunately, some horrible things have happened there. And um, if you would love, like after everything I say today, if you want to look into it a little bit more, there's a documentary on SBS called The Barable Murders. It is a very, very interesting piece of media. It's something I think everything should see. Everyone should see, sorry. And um, what it entails is back in the 90s, there was three people that went missing in Barrable. One of them was a young girl. One of them was a teenage girl. One of them was a teenage boy. And all of them were Indigenous and were living in the mission, which is, uh, and I'll elaborate on Aboriginal missions for anyone that doesn't know. Back when colonisation of Australia was happening, um, unfortunately, there was a point of segregation where they would grab all the Aboriginals in that area, put them in one spot, have a church in the middle and pretty much preach the word of God onto them and force them out of their culture and force them to go under what everyone else believed at the time. And a lot of places, especially in the country, those missions are still segregated, even in today's world where like a lot of people are trying to be better and trying to like take back those racism, so the racist things that were happening. But it was a horrible time in the 90s because in that town, the police were treating the Aboriginals completely differently. The white people were treating them completely differently. And it all started with this little girl who went missing, Evelyn Greenup. Um, I may be I'm incorrect with that name. I hope I'm not. And um, there was a house party in the mission. A bunch of them were drinking. Like, it's just a normal thing. You know what I mean? Like, white people will have all their friends over and have a drink. And um, this this girl, like, her mum went to bed. And this man came in and he was at this party. And he was well known in the area. He was a white man, but he was accepted by the Aboriginals in there. And she went missing. And unfortunately, she did pass. And they found her body not too long later. And... In the same time frame, I believe within nine months, another boy went missing and he saw that same man that night with his girlfriend and that girlfriend woke up with her underwear down and so did the mother before with, Miss, with little Evelyn and he went missing as well and they ended up finding his body and Evelyn's body on the same stretch of road, Congreeny Road and horribly enough, another teenager girl went missing and unfortunately I never found her body which I hope to this day that we still do because that's something that is very very important we need to find her body and respect it the way that it should be respected and um when all this was happening the the families went to the police and for Colleen specifically the, the girl that was not found her family was told by the police are you sure that that's your daughter she looks a bit too white and that's a horrible thing to hear, but unfortunately it's true. And the police did not do the investigation as thoroughly as they should have. They were put aside. They were not treated the way that they should have. And their kids were killed. Their kids were taken and their families were hurt desperately. And to this day, those families are still fighting for that justice. Like I, I don't want to elaborate in specifics when it comes to the legal matters of that. Please do hit up the documentary on SBS, Barrable Murders, um, for more information on that. But it's something that really shaped me as as a person because I'm a proud Wiradjuri man myself and like my my culture may be distant, but it's a part of me. Like my, my dad put it perfectly, like regardless of how far along your culture is down your line, like to say that you're not Aboriginal just because you're an eighth or whatever it is, that's just erasing your history you know what i mean like at the end of the day like my my great great grandmother i believe um she was stolen generation man she was taken from her tribe and and that hurts my heart even to this day knowing that that had happened to my family and then growing up as a predominantly white person and in the white crowd i was accepted in that mission which was a blessing to me regardless of if i had any lineage at all 
and seeing the effect it had on the families and the fact that they still don't trust the police, they still don't trust white people coming in there because ever since this man committed these actions and he was not held accountable for it, the trust is just never going to be there again. And those families are stronger than you could ever imagine. They've been fighting for years. Like they even got double jeopardy on this case, like which is something that had never happened in Australia before. But unfortunately, the legal system has let them down. And at the end of the day, it's because they are Aboriginal and it's a horrible, horrible thing. But it helped me open my eyes to the racism in Australia. And even though it may not be seen in like places like Sydney as much, like it's still prevalent and it's, and it's important to talk about and it's important to bring up because it's not just something that if you don't talk about it, it doesn't happen. No, of course, of course it happens. And these things need to be spoken about. And that's why I'm so grateful that you've had me on today and you've let me talk about this today because I think that absolutely everyone needs to watch that documentary and they need to stay informed and they need to fight for the right fight. You know what I mean? Like there's our brothers and sisters have been affected hugely over the years. And this is only one case of, mishaps happening like i i'm i haven't traveled much of australia i've been to very very little places and i've seen so much already i can't imagine what's going on in the rest and to this to the day i die i will always always rep my brothers and i'll always rep the first nations people the true custodians of the land because that culture is so beautiful it's so beautiful so interesting and it was taken away from them and then years later down the line their descendants have now had to deal losing their family and losing their children to the legal system and the legal system not backing them up yeah later on and it's it's not a good thing man but it's yeah not good um yeah that's uh i didn't actually know about that story but i will watch that on uh it's on, on demand is it on yeah yeah SBS. Um, if you hit up the sbs on demand you'll be able to find it yeah cool i will uh i will look at at that um now i guess uh with racism in general, right? There's there there's a middle ground that needs to be met, um, and there's a lot of good people who talk about it. Um, uh, there's uh, Jacinta Price, I believe her name is. She's an Indigenous senator from Alice Springs, um, but she's more a conservative view. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say, I'm trying to word this right so I don't uh, come across <laughs> offensive. Um, but there's there's the far left and there's the far right that hold the narrative, yeah. right? And they push the narrative and it actually, it just, all it does is create more division. Like, 100%. and you know, and I, I'm probably more, I'm definitely more on the right of politics. I, I'm a conservative libertarian, right? So I believe in small government, um, with conservative sort of values. Um, but I do swing to the left on some issues as well. Uh, Which like pill testing and, yeah. and, uh, um, you know, gay marriage and things like that. Um, what, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, a lot of issues facing indigenous people, <clears throat> the re like at the core of it, you know, in remote communities and that is not, it's a, it's a totally ignored by mainstream media. 100%. Um, but every year you'll see photos of a uh, rally on January 26th. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but you won't see 
uh, reports on domestic violence issues or rape issues or alcoholism issues or all these issues really hurting, especially Indigenous women and Indigenous children mm-hmm. in remote communities. Um, but it, that'll be ignored. Um, and there's actually a fucking really good show on ABC if anyone wants to watch it. Um, it's called Total Control. Uh, Deborah Mailman plays a politician from like a I think remote I've, I've been told about Queensland community. Yeah. So fucking good. And it's very eye-opening to a lot of injustice, especially in um, detention centres and things like that um, with Indigenous kids. Um, and so going back to my point, what, what I'm trying to say is... Because people are so strong in their... Everything's political these days. Everything. You know what I mean? Everyone makes something political. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, whereas it doesn't have to be. <laughs> like, oh. and, and this is why I really also wanted to start this podcast is uh, to show that that common ground can be found so much easily than people make it, you know, because people don't even try. Um, and I guess with Indigenous issues, people are either... Like, well, as it's portrayed, you're either fucking fully for it, marching, Black Lives Matter, mm. or you're a racist, <laughs> you know? Well, right I, wing. well, I think that the most important thing is just to want to learn. Like, yes. It, does, it doesn't mean that you need to sacrifice 10 hours of your week or whatever it is to go do these things. As long as you're willing to learn and willing to do the research, especially like... At the end of the day, like, Australia's a great country. I love Australia. Like, we're so multicultural now. It's really, really cool. But when you live in Australia, you should be interested about the history of our country. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. Um, Now, I did say my views have changed a bit. And this was just literally due to not being educated on on issues, Mm. um, which I'm, you know, I'm happy to admit um, on here. Um, But, like, things like Stolen Generation and Sorry Day, right? let's say five years ago, I might've been in that chorus of people being like, it happened fucking 200 years ago. Fucking move on, move on. You know what I mean? And now I look at it and I'm like, what the, I think it's because, you know what I honestly think it is? I think it's because I've become more libertarian Mm. in my views rather than just conservative. So I'm kind of anti-government. Fuck the government, <laughs> um, which I think is something that both the left and the right can both agree on, especially especially in a time like this, which we're seeing. We won't go into into COVID too much, but I think at a time like this, when there's so much control, so many rules, so many fucking regulations, it brings and, up a lot of questions. And for sure. pe- people have had enough, and um, and that is one thing I'll just say real quick. We won't get too much into it, but at these rallies and that that happened over the weekend. They are not just right wing. They're not just left wing. It's so many people from all walks of life there, from all backgrounds. There was a lot of indigenous people there. There was a lot of, uh, um, you know, like indigenous elders. There are a lot of uh, Muslims, uh, fucking everyone, you know, uh, white Australians, people on the, uh, you know, far left, people on, you know, conservative right, you know, and it's like, um, I think now, like, uh, going back to my point, and that's why I think being libertarian now. And looking at things like the stolen generation that I'm like, what What the fuck, man? Like our government literally went, no, those kids will be, and, and the, the uneducated view. And I, and I know people like this and I still love these people and that. Um, but the uneducated view is, oh, well, they got a better life. They got well, a better life. Maybe, right? maybe in some circumstances, but I don't agree with that. I'm not saying I agree with that. Um, but that is uh, definitely a viewpoint that comes up. Uh, with the, you know, in terms of stolen generation. Oh, well, the kid's got a better life. No, nah, like I just can't, 
If well, you what's steal the, a what child, determines a better life? Like, yeah, exactly. Like more money and maybe you know uh, uh, going to a private education. That that's that's fucking irrelevant. Irrelevant, right? You, if you steal a kid from their mother, like that has long lasting generational 100%. impacts. Like lineage is so important to a lot of people. Like, like I'm, sh- I'm sure if you ask anyone, culture. like, do you love your mum? Do you love your dad? Do you love your family? Like, if you, if you grew up with your family, you love them, and to to know that you never got the chance, it's very, very, like, it hits you, you know what I mean? And, like, I, I can't imagine how it was for those children, especially, like, not knowing anything about their culture probably until the day they passed away, which is, like, it's devastating to hear because, like, growing up, I was able to reach out and find out things about my culture. Like, I only found out I was part of the Wiradjuri tribe about seven years ago through um, AIM, which are an amazing organisation, and they actually helped me find out where I was from, and they taught me so much. And just like you were saying, like, I think it's um, for a lot of people, they don't understand, or they might, like, I guess you could say uneducated, but I think they're just unexperienced. Like, if you don't see with your own eyes, then it's hard to believe, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, and I don't mean, sorry, I don't, I don't, I hate the word uneducated, so I don't usually use it. I didn't mean it as in, like, they've had a low education. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Um, I just mean, in terms of this issue, they haven't, yeah, had that. Like, the first-hand experience. That, exactly. Either first-hand experience or talk to someone who has gone through it or is passionate about it and has that, and finds that middle ground. Um, that's how I learned. You know like what you I mean? Because you can live your whole life about trying a Mars bar and you wouldn't know what a Mars bar tastes like. Yeah. And it's and like not to relate chocolate and racism together, but you can go your whole life about understanding how it felt for those people. And then if you can't put yourself in their shoes and you never got an opportunity to, then you won't know. Yeah. And the next best thing is to is to talk to people. Reach you know? out. Reach out. Like there's a lot of avenues you can use. In- Google. Google's yeah. a really cool thing. <laughs> it's a really cool thing. Somewhat. <laughs> yeah. They're also s- stealing all your data. Like <laughs> <laughs> Zuckerberg. Oh, man, Zuckerberg. Fucking fuck the Zuck. Um, but yeah, with, with everything that came with growing up and finding out about all those things and being around those families and, and the kids that were my age who knew what happened and knew that they were not going to be around white people when it was too late and like they would never like there was a park in the middle of the mission and there would never ever be a time where there wasn't an adult watching them after these events happened because they were just terrified of what would happen to their children and the scary thing is is that they know they're not protected by the law and i've been away from town for a very long time now about 10 years and from what i know i don't think it's gotten any better and Again, it's just, it's really shaped the person I am and I am appreciative for having music as an outlet as well because having all those experiences become right in front of you, like it can be very overwhelming, especially when the world's already so overwhelming and then finding out that the world sucks sometimes. It's, I'm just so grateful that I'm able to have an avenue that hopefully I can use to then speak on it more. Like with my upcoming EP that's coming out, that these issues that I'll be like, and topics I'll be expressing in my music when it comes to the way I was raised, the environment I was in, like I just like shout out to all those boys back home, Asha, Jamal, like they are all keeping it 10 toes down and understanding that culture is so important and they need to keep pushing for it. And it's, it's an eye opener. It's a very eye opening thing. But like we said before, my eyes were opened and I, I would hope that in the small time everyone is on this earth and you're living in Australia, take an opportunity. Like, Talk to someone. Talk to, if you have any Aboriginal friends, ask them how their experiences have been because it'll be very enlightening, very very enlightening. Yeah, um, and I guess there because it's become such a hostile, and you can thank the mainstream media for this, but because it's become such a hostile point of discussion, 
Um, I guess it doesn't... (laughs) does nothing to help the situation, you know what I mean? Because people who may want to learn are too worried to ask people because oh, yeah. they're in fear of could, being called a racist yeah, or yeah. that, which I think is the most fucking ridiculous thing ever. Um, asking someone about their heritage is, yeah. And actually, touching on that, there was a story I saw the other day, and it's, it's not a serious story, but um, Brooke Blurton, she's the bachelorette. She was just the bachelorette this fucking this year. Um, I can't lie, like that. That show is really fun to watch. I, uh, I can't lie. I, I haven't, I I haven't watched lie. it since the Honey Badger season, but um, but I think with the two contestants at the end, and it was a bisexual, whatever it was. I don't know. Fucking, there was a man and a woman both fighting at the end for her love. Um, and apparently neither of them had asked her about her indigenous heritage and that. And apparently they got sort of grilled for it a bit. And it's like, but they're probably worried. Oh yeah, <laughs> of being seen as insensitive. You know, asking someone about their their heritage or experiences they've gone through or what whatnot. Um, but I think once we once we cut out that bullshit and uh, it stops being such a hostile sort of, there will always be people who disagree. Hundred percent. Like that's yeah. that's fucking. Look, if the people the can get stuck it. in their ways, and that's the decision at the end of the day. But I feel when it comes to majority of like people that want to move forward which i think is most people out there that want to be better just talk like it's just it's it's not something you should be afraid of it's it's something that you should be excited to ask because like when you ask someone about their hobbies like they love talking about it when you ask someone of culture who doesn't get asked about their culture often they're going to tell you everything. They're so yeah. excited to tell you things that they're proud of because in a lot of circumstances, they're ashamed, not ashamed, ashamed's a bad word. They feel like no one wants to hear it and they feel like that, oh, they're just an abo, da, 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 talking on about this. But our, our culture is so important to us. Like it, like the Dreamtime stories are beautiful and like the, and the ways and the different things, like when it comes to like backburning in the Blue Mountains, like that's such an interesting process they've been doing for thousands of years. Like, Aboriginal culture is so interesting to me because a lot of it is lost as well, unfortunately, and we're discovering more and more every day and just, just ask the question. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, in terms of everything, really questioning is, is the point of reason, uh, that we should all be striving for, um, with everything. Um, I don't think, I think, yeah censoring anyone or censoring yourself or uh you know the government censoring you or (laughs) which we've seen or mainstream media or big tech um all it does is cause harm i think yeah and it stops conversation stops discourse um so uh my message to everyone um is fucking get out there and have a discussion for sure um but yeah, cool. Um, I'll just quickly touch on a quick hot topic. So I just want to cover it only because they're probably the most covered in the media. Yeah. Um, and I just want to get your view on them. Um, the Australian Anthem. I think, um, for me personally, I'm very indifferent on the, on the topic because I, I don't think I'm educated enough in the other options for our Anthem to be like, hey, let's go do this, do this. But... I feel that in a perfect world, when the anthem was first brought in, it should have had at least some sort of Aboriginal backing and like have at least like a writer's room with pretty much every culture that was living in Australia and then write that anthem. I think that would have been a beautiful thing. But at the same time, I feel that it's got to be like the anthem again, like 
I, I have a lot of white culture in me, so I never, I actually, that was something I never saw an issue with. But as I've gotten older, it's gotten more understanding to me that, yeah, that's something that they should have, they should have brought us in for. And I think for most decisions in Australia, they should have had, like, doesn't mean that the, the anthem's a bad thing, doesn't mean that a lot of this is just bad things. But I think it was important to then bring in some sort of Aboriginal presence into these things because like for the fact that like Aboriginals weren't able to vote for so long in the country they're from is a crazy thing and I think that and again like the world's getting better and better but unfortunately it can get very very political and it's very much just people trying to impress each other instead of actually trying to fix the issues but yeah I think that's a hard topic for sure because it's it's something that's been long-standing for a long time but yeah I'm not too I'm not too sure about that one yeah um I guess well the anthem what it, the flag. I think that there should be more Ab Aboriginal representation in the flag for sure. I would be happy with that. I don't even like our flag. <laughs> I mean, I do. I love our flag, and uh, you know, our I feel like they should get an Aboriginal artist to come in and give a beautiful redesign. Yeah, I don't mind incorporating. Obviously, we're part of the Commonwealth. Whatever. Um, I don't mind incorporating the Union Jack. That's cool. I love obviously the fucking Southern Cross. Um, I feel like even just that additional of the red sand at the bottom. Well, exactly. I just don't understand why it is such a contested issue. Like, uh, if we get a new flag and I've seen some designs and they're fucking dope. Oh ass. yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I haven't gotten any on top of my head, but over the years I've seen it on social media. I'm like, man, that would be an awesome flag. Yeah. Like that, that's really, really cool. And yeah, that's something that I think that I think one day that will be something that will probably will change. Like from my own personal feelings living in Australia, I feel like that is something that will end up coming through. Because I agree. It's so, it's so important. And I don't see us being in the Commonwealth for much longer. Because at, at the end of the day, like our flag represents our nation. And as a nation, we should stay strong and together. And I think if we represent the cultures within it, it's super important. And that could even mean like other cultures being added into our flag. But I, when it comes to aboriginality that comes first especially because they are traditional of this land but a lot of europeans a lot of people from the asian countries have come here and called it australia their home and it is their home but at the end of the day the traditional custodians deserve their dues for sure yeah um yeah i would be happy with a uh a flag change and if not that until then um at least have the australian flag plus the indigenous flag at oh yeah major events and, sure. and on the harbour bridge and on the fucking you know like, like even even if it just had to be that like just aboriginal representation that's that's the main thing like yeah. just even even if it's just flying the aboriginal flag like you said next to the australian flag i think that's a beautiful thing because that yeah. just shows we're one and one like we're working together now instead of against each other yeah um i think kathy freeman was such a great example of uh just the right tone to set um for unity um during the 2000 olympics i was watching her race just the other day actually on youtube um and at the end she grabbed a, someone threw an aboriginal flag and someone threw her an australian flag and she put both around her and i'm like beautiful. that's fucking i actually that's didn't actually do that that's really cool that yeah it's really cool and um and she was a great um advocate ash barty's another great one there's a lot of great sports stars um who um really i guess represent that middle ground that i've been talking about of of finding that unity between being both a proud australian and a proud indigenous australian 100%, 100%. Um, and i think that's important i think i think the more we go either side is the more division it causes you know what i mean and that's where we need to find and i guess with the flag with the anthem with everything um we need to find something that that unites us all um and doesn't feel it and make anyone feel neglected um, 100%, 100%. Um, 
my last thing I wanted to ask you about this, uh, like in terms of hot topics in the media and that with Indigenous issues, uh, January 26th, Australia Day. See, I'm a little bit biased on this one, only because one of the proposed days is the 8th of May, and um, I think that's really cool because Mate Day, yeah. and that's also uh, my birthday, so that'd, that'd be nice to have a public, public holiday, holiday on your birthday. But um, regardless of um, that little joke that I just made, yes, I do think that the day needs to be changed. Um, I won't elaborate too much on it because I'll just get, I think I'll ramble on a bit, but I, I think... Um, even just with a little bit of research, most people would agree. Yeah. Um, I guess my view on it um, is I, I can see why conservative people wouldn't want to change the date. Um, I can understand that that point of argument. I feel like they could even keep like 26th of January as a different day and represent it in a different way Yeah, and then move – Australia's day to be together onto May 8th. I think that's a beautiful thing. It doesn't yeah. even have to be May 8th, but it doesn't mean that we have to just disregard the 26th because obviously there's a lot of historical significance to that day. But I think that at the same time, there's a lot of historical hurt. Yeah, and pain. At the same time. Yeah. Um, so my view used to be fucking keep it. January 26th, don't touch my Australia day. <laughs> um, but I've changed that now. Um, a really good friend of mine, Cameron Moss, um, he was actually on here. We did a footy podcast. That was an awesome episode, by the way. Uh, thank you. Um, it was actually really funny. I, it was the first time I ever watched myself back and I made myself laugh a lot. I was like, <laughs> I'm a funny cunt. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so now I guess after speaking with him about it um, and we talked at length one night um, – and he really sort of changed my view. See, I, January 26th, I still celebrate Australia Day. Um, I will always, as long as it's still on January 26th uh, or whatever day it is, I will celebrate that day. Uh, but my view is that if people don't want to celebrate, they have every right not to celebrate. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and when I celebrate, I'm not thinking, you know, fuck yeah, colonisation, Thank God the Brits came here. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm celebrating, you know, it's not even really about the date for me. It's more so about the symbolism of Australia. Um, and I'm thinking about, you know, the people who fought and died for our freedom, the, uh, you know, and the unite, united country that we are. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially, especially uh, in times of crisis, not so much with COVID, people have become pretty much cunts to each other. Um, but uh, especially, you know, with bushfires or floods oh, or, yeah, like or whatever it may tumultuous. be. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, that's that's sort of what I celebrate. That's what I take time to reflect on on uh, on January 26th. But um, if, it, if the date did change, I would have no objection. You know, I would just celebrate those same things on whatever day For they sure. say. For sure. I feel like just like one day doesn't mean like just because it's on a different day doesn't mean you can't celebrate it and like i said before i feel if they were going to move the date make april 20 sorry january 26th a new thing you know what i mean like make it a remembrance of why we've moved that thing and why we're closer as a nation now than we were before yeah and we could still celebrate but celebrate more you know yeah. what i mean like would you really want a public holiday on your birthday well, look, it would be cool because if I was going to work on my birthday, then they've got to pay me double time. Yeah, so that's true. That's always lovely. That's true. Um, 
And it's right near Mother's Day as well. Uh, holiday birthdays, I must say, though. I mean, I know it's not a public holiday, but I'm born on Halloween. That's a cool day to be born on. And it is a cool day, and it's not too bad in Australia, but um, I'm in this, like, Halloween birthday people group on Facebook. I think I joined it when I was in, like, yeah, 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 when yeah. I first... But people post on there, and someone made a really good post this year. I know this is a bit off topic, um, but someone made a really good post, and she lived in America, and she's like, I hate being born on Halloween. Because it's so hard. No one ever wants to hang out with you for your birthday, you know. True, because everyone has plans. Everyone has plans, yeah. And it's the same people as born who are like born over Christmas or like New Year's and that or whatever it is. Yeah, it's I've got a very hard I've time got to be born, born on the 30th of December. No one's around. Yeah, no, no one's, one's around. around. Everyone's either away or they're out doing their own thing or um, or they're working if they're working in retail. You know, it's a very busy time. Um, and yeah, so I kind of looked at that. So that's why I was just curious to ask you if you wanted to. Uh, by the way, if I look like shit, it's because I've had a huge weekend and this is getting filmed on the Monday. Um, so bear with me, guys. Um, but uh, determination yeah. podcast comes out no matter what. That's it, man. That's it. I actually I had a nap before I came here, and I was like, "Fuck, man, should I message you and just be like, can we do it tomorrow?'" And I was like, "Nah, get up, fucking go." So no, no plan Bs. We create yeah. so we're going straight forward, exactly, no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. Wake up, fucking let's go. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So um, but yeah, cool. Um, I don't really know. There's a lot of date options available for you know that have been thrown up. I guess talking about you know Australia Day. Um, I'm not too sure, you know, where I would want it to be. Um, you know, that sort of represents. I think the May everyone. Day is cool. Is it mate, mate Day. Yeah. I think it's cool. It is. But yeah. you also, you also, want, you also want your Australia Day at the start of the year, I guess. So like, well, exactly. it's, it's That's a bit what of I was a way. thinking. May eighth is like a bit too cold by then. It's going into winter. Yeah, for sure. Like I always wanted pool parties when I was younger. I could never do it. Yeah, not a chance. Fuck this last Australia Day. Oh my god. I got so fucking drunk. <laughs> I can't even remember what I did last Australia Day, if, if that tells the story. We went to, we went to we fucking Windsor Beach and we are like, ah, oh, it's too packed here, let's leave. So we just went to the pub and we got fucking blind, man, blind. And I ended up getting kicked out in all their pub. Like all of us did. Shout out to all their pub. Yeah, fucking earth. I was here Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess, uh, so yeah, I mean, you talked about your music a bit with, uh, you know, indigenous culture as well. Um, and are there any, who sort of inspired you in that, in that realm? Oh, Tasman Keefe, 100%. He is an amazing rapper out of Barrable. He, uh, he dropped an EP called Mission Famous a couple of years ago and like obviously being a big fan of music and I'm a big fan of rap. Like I love my Kanye West. I love my Tyler creators. I love like, uh, like, and it's so cool to see someone from your hometown then put out an album and like on the cover, there was like the main like center point is a bus shelter that was across the road from my house. So seeing someone from my own place come out, do those things. And now he's made music with midnight oil. He's been nominated for Arias and it's, Watching Taz do everything he's doing, like I, I saw him growing up. Like his sister was always around my house. Like he, I think at my one point, like my parents even knew him quite well. And oh, it's so inspiring to then see what he's doing and then to push his culture so hard with it as well. Like he also pushes our Bravo documentary because like he's been thoroughly affected by that as well. Yeah, and um, especially um, JK Forty Seven as well. Like I think he's an amazing artist and I love the way that he tackles it. Like uh, he's like a version of Changes. Uh, brought a tear to my eye, like bringing, bringing culture right in the middle of a very, very popular song and making it tasteful. Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But yeah, Tasman Keith, 
absolutely amazing. Anyone who hasn't listened to Tasman or go or listen to his music, he has a single out with Quam at the moment called One. It's fantastic. Definitely got to check it out. Yeah, Matt. And um, I guess uh, touching on music and, and the Australian, Australian scene, um, you'd have to be, you know, you're a Triple J fan. I love obviously. Triple J. Yeah. I love Triple J. I mean, I like they've really, guy. they've really, I mean, without Triple J, Australian music would just not be the same. I mean, and look, look at the kid Leroy. Like he, he's making moves in the world. Like he's, ru he's running it, man. And yeah. He, crazy, crazy. And man. he's a Camilleroy boy out of Waterloo. Like even his name for anyone who's not aware, like he's from the Camilleroy tribe. So he wraps his culture in his name and he's got Grammy nods now. And yeah. Triple J, like, obviously he made that effort to join Unearthed and get into that competition, but they pumped him. And, like, without Triple J, we wouldn't have a Aboriginal boy out there doing such amazing things for the mob, you know what I mean? Like, he's amazing. Like, he's probably one of the coolest things to come out. And regardless of if you're a fan of his music or not, like... I love him. Like, he's coming out of Oz, man. We yeah. don't get many out there. I know, like, what's yeah. our last one? Iggy? Like, and no hate on Iggy, but, like... But Come on, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan. And but she didn't. Yeah. Well, she never represented. The problem with her uh, is that she, yeah, she never represented her culture fully. You know what I mean? Uh, ever like she never talked about where she's from, and she's from fucking like Byron Shire. She's like, from Mullen, Byron. Like well, See, I didn't even know that. Ma, yeah, <laughs> Mullum Bimbi. Oh, good old Mullum Bimbi. Yeah. Oh, so she's from there, and like. And there's a lot Man, of culture if I, there. If I, yeah, if I was from there, mate, I'd fucking rep it. Like, I've always said, I've always said, if I ever do win an Oscar, sorry, let me rephrase that. When I when win my Oscar. When you do win an Oscar. Uh, yeah, 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 that's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> I will get up there and I'll be like, this is fucking for the Hawksbury, man. For sure. 100%. For sure. They're all coming with me. And, Everyone's and, that, and that's the me. thing I love about Leroy is that he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but he still loves home and he's still, yeah. he's still bigging up one four. Like he even dropped a track with one four and I watched a clip and he recorded my city for himself and was like, you know what? No, I need to get my boys on here. I need to get them the spotlight that they deserve. And he did. And like now one four is starting to do some really crazy numbers. And it's not just because of Leroy, like their music speaks for themselves, but it's amazing to see someone with so much success. Never forget home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's super important. Um, it, you know, there's there's a lot of people, a lot of celebrities that I sort of don't respect as much as I would uh, because they've become too, you know, either American or too, you know, British. Too, if in, too industry. There. Yeah, yeah. Just too sort of Hollywood, you yeah, know. Sure. And it's like never forget where you come from. Because those are the, those people are the reason why you're in your position now. Like, especially for Leroy, like if everyone in like Redfern, Waterloo, Sydney wasn't mucking with his stuff, like no one would have given him the chance in the States, you know what I mean? He never would have yeah. had the opportunities that he did, but everyone messed with him and he still messes with those people, which is just, yeah, full respect because as you said, a lot of times when we have exports out there, they forget they're from here. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in saying that in the same sort of breath, I guess it is easy to sort of, because Australia has such bad, uh you know, tall poppy syndrome um, when it comes to artists making it, especially overseas. Um, it's very common for Australia to turn their back on an artist. Um, sure. uh, and so in saying, like in, in, in doing that, that artist then sort of turns their back on us, you know, um, which I can understand um, because Australia likes to keep things, especially Triple J listeners. And this is one thing I will say about Triple J listeners. They love to be the they're first to. They're a little they, bit they, of a cult. They, yeah, they, 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 they love to be. You know, oh, 
fucking oh do you not know this band like how do you not know this band man but really they're like oh, fucking so glad it's you like, don't know it's that like band. man do you, do, you, do you know that do you know tame impala is just one person yeah. like i don't think you, i don't think anyone knows that all the americans don't know that that's only we know that oh fuck it is like yeah it happens he's <laughs> had so many conversations kevin parker is also a fantastic export and he uh, we love him we love kevin parker of course we do I um, are you going to the Killer Rose concert? Hell yeah! Thursday night, can't wait, can't wait. Is there what night? So they is it Thursday and a Friday? Is it yeah Thursday and, and a Friday? And the Thursday, yeah, I'm going his, on the Thursday too. It's his first show, Sydney. All love, even if you're not there, you're showing Leroy love. It's his first headline show in Sydney. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Regardless gotta, of the accolades, that's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be an amazing show. I um, he's meet and greet. You get a you get a personalized like a one on one photo and everything and like a meet grant experience and whatever else you get. It was like four hundred bucks. Justin Bieber, his meet and greet was sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred. And your photo is with no less than four other people. That's crazy. Sixteen hundred. You don't even get your own fucking photo with him. I think that's a rip. Um, but I mean, he is huge. I did buy Justin Bieber tickets, not a meet and greet, but I did. I'm going to see him as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call some tickets. Uh, I love Justin. Yeah, yeah, I love Justin. He's hard not to love. No, no, no shame. Fuck. Oh uh, yeah, no, no shame like, at all anymore. Like and actually, everyone when they're younger, like you think Baby was cringe. No, you didn't. Everyone loved it. Everyone yeah. loved it secretly. Everyone still loves it now. I know. And Shut you, your mouth. And I used to probably just hate on him because I was jealous of him. I know it's sad. Like every man wanted to be him, and every yeah. woman wanted to be with him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but no, that's, uh, yeah, I'm fucking not the biggest, I'm not the biggest fan of his most recent album though. I've got to be, gotta oh be really? Yeah. I think, I think purpose is fantastic, but I'm not, not the biggest fan of justice. Not the biggest fan. There's a couple, a couple, couple yeah, there's a couple of really good songs, but, but yeah, not his best work. I yeah. Think. But that's, what's good about a concert. You get to see it all. You know? Oh yeah. So, and Jaden Smith is the pre-show. Yeah. I saw live. him actually. That, how I, was he? Uh, a lot of, a lot of hype. Not that much talent. <laughs> we don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear that. No, I mean, he's cool. He's cool. He's just not my sort of vibe, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I like him as a person. I think he's I think he's cool. I think his aesthetic is cool. Like, I think, I think, he's, got a, I think awesome. he's got a very good look and stuff. And um, But he's just not someone I can relate to that heavily. You I know, think it's hard when you come from when a very rich up, family. Yeah, like you don't grow up too many struggles. Um, plus, when I think you can his mum's a weird cunt, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Entanglement, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me me and August are in uh, an entanglement. I do love August Orsina. I think he's a fantastic artist. He has some hits. Like, I love this shit, Numb. Oh, my God. he's He's got it. And I, I love Will Smith. Oh, yeah. I love Will Smith, but I just think they're... Uh, they're a fucking weird family. They're interesting. They're an interesting the family. <laughs> Willow's um, awesome though. Willow's making some amazing music now as well. She's cool. Yeah, She's I haven't really kept cool. up with her since um, I whipped my hair back. <laughs> oh man, like if, if you go on TikTok, you probably know half her music. Like, wait a minute, it's a fantastic track. Uh, and it, it went with TikTok viral, and it, it's awesome. She's in like that alt direction now. Like she's she's really cool. She's really cool. Working yeah, with we'll people like Travis Barker and yeah. oh yeah, cool. Um. But yeah, no, but I did see him. I think he played at Posty's show. I think he was the support actor at Post. Oh, Post would be cool. Yeah, that was a very good show. I was very fucking off my head for it. Um, I don't really remember it. What would you say I just your, remember your the best vibe. concert was? Best concert I've ever been yeah. to? Oh, fuck. Um, in terms of talent, um, 
in terms of talent, I would say Pink would be up there. Oh, she'd be awesome. Um, she's yeah, she's fucking insane. My mum loves Pink. Insane, like she swings upside down. All the acrobatics. She sings live. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. She just works so hard. Her shows are very cool. Um, I've seen her live. I think twice. Yeah, twice. Um, I saw Adele live. Oh, um, just once in a generation kind of voice. Like. Yeah, well, she said she might not even tour 30, so I'm very glad I went yeah, and saw her when I did. Because it was, uh, yeah, she played ANZ Stadium two nights in a row, 100,000 each night, um, 200,000 people poured into there to watch her. That's <sighs> power, a, man. That's that, power. That's amazing. Imagine two, like almost a quarter million people yeah. coming just to see you. Over two nights, yeah. Crazy, fucking crazy. And uh, I just, I really, I think I really enjoyed her show because she's very, uh, like I do like seeing a, fl- a very well-produced show, like very, you know, everything to the minute. Yeah. Um, you know, the the dancing, the fucking the choreography, the, everything, that, yeah. you know. Whereas Adele's a bit more loose, Um and I love that as well. I love the person personal touch to, to an For audience, sure. you know, um, and her funny conversations. And I've watched a lot of her like highlights from her Australian tour, like that people. And it was never the same thing each night. She never told the same story. It was, it was always, always different. She had, it was always just whatever's on her mind. She's nice just and like, fresh. yeah, no filter. She swears like a trooper, which I fucking love because <laughs> she's got the voice of an angel, and then she'll pop out like five f words in fucking ten care. seconds. She care yeah. Um, but yeah, she was very cool. Um, some other really good. I've seen so many artists, man. Like it's fucking crazy. Kendrick, I've seen Kendrick four did, times. Did you go now. on the damn tour? Um, yes. That so was cool. I went that to was cool. the first time I saw him was at Rapture. Um, for M&M. Oh, and J Cole, Cole as well. Yes. And 360. Yeah. So oh, he was doing all his man. good kid, Mad City songs. Um, and Action Bronson was there too. And Action yeah. Bronson. Yeah. yeah, it was a fucking crazy lineup, man. And tickets for like. 150 bucks or something 130 bucks because like yeah good kid mad city and forest was driver out at the time yeah Nuts. yes yes Nuts. yeah so it was so so good um and i saw cole live a few years ago as well um, you seen drake i have seen drake i went to his live. um what was it boy meets world boy meets world tour yeah, i was yeah. there fantastic show what with, a great with, with, with the, the middle stage and the, and the moon coming out and it was the... a stage in the middle wasn't it yeah yeah and they and they blew up that moon halfway through yes like, yeah, yeah like i went to drake's concert not being a drake fan walked out a drake fan yeah fantastic performer yeah. fantastic performer very late though yes yes he's that's he's like he's got a reputation for that very late um between his last support act and him coming out i think it was about an hour 15 minutes crazy because it was like that dj battle where everyone was kind of like yeah wrap it up yeah like (laughs) fuck it's nearly it's like 9 30 let's fucking get him out of here and Um, fleetwood mac are amazing i I I haven't seen fleetwood i I had the pleasure of watching them in 2019 and mick fleetwood is one of the craziest drummers i watched him do a like 15 minute drop solo the guy's almost in his 80s like that and stevie stevie's just something else man like yeah she is uh, i feel blessed that i was able to see them before i ended up carking it like that's that's something i'm that's a bucket yeah list i know thing, i like. really wish i saw them last time they came out um it's a big regret um in terms of i've seen a great a lot of great festival sets i met i met kendrick but so he will always oh, have my heart, crazy. you know, that's he has always have my heart. Um, you're talking to a huge rap fan. That's like the dream. Yeah. That's the goat. Right. I there. mean, it was, it was insane. I mean, I got the coolest photo. Have it, have you seen that photo? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Show, you gotta, you gotta show me. I'll show you right now. Um, it's always like my sort of 
opening at a to a new person at a party. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like saved it recently because I was at like a little gather and I was like I saved it to my phone. I did meet um, uh chilling at FOMO. Maddest guy. Maddest guy. Really? Yeah, like I, I was um I was just by the stage and he like he jumped over and he yelled out to me like, Oi brother, oi brother I, I couldn't believe who it was. He was like, Bring everyone over, I'll sign some stuff, like da 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 like, yeah. he's for the fans, man. That's oh my god. That's Kendrick Lamar. That's Kendrick Lamar and Matty G. How cool is that? And I love that I'm not like smiling like a retard, you know, like, oh, sorry, I didn't use that word. <laughs> I, I'm extremely offended by that. <laughs> I was like, fuck, we we're just talking about fucking autism and shit and I shouldn't use that word. That's, it, that's the guy um, beating the guy. But I mean, I just like, I'm glad I'm not smiling like, you know, a real cheesy smile because I, it just looks so fucking cool. That's a, um, that is a cold photo. I can't even lie. Yeah. Look how much lighter I am then. Um, um but uh but yeah man i've seen a lot of a lot of great acts and um i've got a lot more coming up next year too so i'm fucking pretty excited hopefully in the near future you'll you'll see hannah up on stage hopefully hopefully yeah you you should try and get some gigs around here for sure man once we finish our little demo period and we can we're ready to start putting out our original stuff and we're keen because i love to do covers and all that and nothing against other artists like they're like well con do fantastic covers and jack Kenyon do fantastic covers but then man like my my material is really important to me and i'm so excited to show it to people but i i need it to be perfect yeah and that's why i wanted to bring it up today and make sure that i hold myself accountable like ep coming out next year for sure like now i've told everyone i've told you like it has to happen now you know what that's a really cool thing to do i actually did the same thing um i thought about this podcast for a while and i thought um i may have told this on here i'm not too sure if i did already sorry if i haven't you've already heard this story um (laughs) but uh but i thought fuck man like i really want to do it but i know i will you know put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off i was like what's a good way so i came up with the name came up with the logo fucking made that exactly that part of the screen there on the right in a square form and i thought all right i'm gonna post this and then there's no turning back i'm gonna post it with a date 100 percent, and let's do it so I did that and I thought, all right, fuck, better buy my equipment now. So then I bought my camera, tripod, studio lights. and Because if you just gas everyone up, then you're just going to have to do it. You know what I mean? You're just going to have to hold yourself accountable. Exactly. <clears throat> That's a, yeah, it's a really good thing to do. I mean, I sort of also agree with sort of not saying anything sometimes too and then just like surprising people when it's all ready. But sometimes I really need something to... To, yeah exactly hold myself accountable sure. i need sure. it yeah posting it is a yeah it's a good idea um but yeah um i guess i'll i'll leave it to you i guess we'll finish up um but just based on what we've talked about today um i guess this podcast has sort of been split sort of down the middle in terms of what we've covered um but uh in terms of the autism uh you know speaking about that thank you for sharing thank you for being so open you're welcome um, I, I felt very comfortable thank you for me making me and, feel comfortable um, yeah, everyone says that i must have a good vibe um thank you uh, <laughs> but uh and then in terms of uh like the aboriginal injustice stuff um obviously you're passionate about that your culture um and the music if there's anything else you want to say open mic take it away i just want to reiterate that if you find culture interesting 
go look into it. And everyone, please do check out SBS On Demand, Barable Murders. It's a fantastic documentary. It's so well detailed. It'll open your eyes to a lot of things that have happened in Australia and not even just with the Barable Murders, even with um, the William Terrell case, like that does come up. The leading officer that was a part of it. Um, he's actually, he's quite an important man. I won't say too much because I would love your audience to go out of their way to go listen to that. And um, on a lighter note, my EP, I promise, will actually happen at some point. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to show you guys. I'm excited to show Matt behind the scenes. And, man, thank you for having me on. Thank you. I'll for flog it on Hawksby Radio. Oh, for sure, man. I'll for flog sure. the fuck out of it. Man, uh, just, yeah, thank you for having me on. Thank you for giving me a, uh, a platform to talk about things that mean so much to me when it comes to my ASD and the Aboriginal, uh, sorry, Aboriginality when it comes to myself. Yeah, just thank thank you, mate. Appreciate it. And yeah, just I, I hope that um, there's more opportunities like this for, yeah, for everyone from now on. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, and yeah, I hope it uh, I hope it has opened people's eyes a bit, educated people a bit, taken away a bit of stigma um, for both issues. Um, oh, and anyone and yeah. who wants to make music and collaborate, I, I don't care if you play an instrument, even if you're just creative. Uh, my Instagram is Thomas Hunter with three R's. DM me. I'm really excited to work <laughs> with you. For sure. For sure. Plug away, mate. Plug away. Um, but I, yeah. I had to drop the Insta once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, thank you for joining me. Um, and remember, guys, speak free with Matty G.